The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, August 15th, 2022, season 18, episode number 19. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. I got my crew, Nick Eatman. We got Patrick Walker joining us today. Amber's already headed off. Brian's already headed off. But we got a man. We got a fill-in for you. Uh, Mr. Patrick Walker, our latest, our newest writer on DallasCowboys.com. And we've got a lot to talk about today. We actually got to see some football action, live football action last weekend uh, Cowboys uh, played the Denver Broncos, and uh, there were lots of things that came out of that game. Winning scores really don't matter to me in the preseason. There are all the other things that do, and those are the things that we'll be getting into today. Uh, but Cowboys do lose 17-7 to in Denver. Let's start first. I'd love to start with giving you guys an opportunity just to give me a what did you come away from the game with? Like, what was the one thing you took from that game? You're like, okay, this is something I kind of think I'm starting to figure out about this team. Well, first of all, I'll lead. Um, penalties, we, we're learning really quickly that the Cowboys still need to clean up their discipline issues that rolled over from last year. Um, but not to harp too much on that because first preseason game, you're going to have a little bit of rust. Okay, that's not the end of the world. Uh, the more positive takeaway for me was the defensive line is coming along for the Cowboys as we anticipated that the defensive line would come along for the Cowboys. Players like Neville Gallimore, uh, Quentin Bohanna, uh, also Dizuo didn't play on on, uh, Saturday, but he's coming along well in camp as well. Some of these younger guys, John Ridgway got some time in. The ability to stop the run has always been the Achilles heel for the Cowboys, so I should say over the past several seasons. But what we're starting to see is that interior defensive line is coming together in a way that could help upgrade that that particular uh, part of the defense. And if that happens, you're going to allow these pass rushers to really kind of start teeing off. You're going to allow linebackers Michael Parsons, Anthony Barr, Jabril Cox, LVE, once they really get going. It all starts in the trenches there. I loved what I saw from them. They allowed only, what, 38 rushing yards from the Denver Broncos on 22 attempts. That's 1.8 yards per attempt. That's fantastic. That's a fantastic showing. So for all of the negative that you could point to, and there was plenty of it for the Cowboys, there were some positives, and that for me was a huge positive. Injuries, there weren't many, so I think that's that's what you take out of it. It's not about score. It's not about penalties. It's not about that. It's nothing about the team. It's always individual. Everything is individual. There's nothing team-related there to me. Um, uh, despite what Patrick said uh, you know, about defensive line, I still think it's all about individual. And the fact that the training room was pretty bare the other day, I think that's the best part. So let's, let's do talk a little bit, though, about the penalties. Obviously, there were a lot, and we all saw it. The flags were out. There were 17 penalties, 129 yards. What did Mike McCarthy have to say after the game? Because there were questions, and obviously we knew that was the question everybody was going to have coming out of the game. What did Mike McCarthy have to say about that? Nothing. I mean, nothing. He, he wasn't worried about it at all. And so I'm not saying he shouldn't be, but, I mean, that's just him. He's going to, you know um, – 
I mean, we're going to talk about after the game or in the middle of the game. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, he, whichever way you want to go. Right. I mean, he had some whichever issues. He had some issues throughout the whole thing. I mean, he was mad. I mean, there's certain penalties you get mad at and certain that you don't. Right. You know, I mean, it's questionable holding calls here and there. Those are always. But, you know, when you line up offsides and give up your team, give up three f- points at the end of the half. I mean, that's always going to be an issue. And, yeah. and, and that's what, you know, he was upset with. But I don't think he was overly concerned about that. You know, and I don't know if you can say carrying over from last year because none of the guys that committed penalties last year committed a penalty the other night, I don't believe, unless maybe Joseph. I, I think the, the, the phrase carrying over is more so because it's the same coaching staff for all intents and purposes. Um, but I still – I mirror McCarthy in the general lack of concern being that, again, it's preseason game number one. You're playing a lot of backups, a ton of young guys. They're trying to acclimate to the speed of the NFL – And they're learning on the fly. Now, were all of those penalties righteous? Absolutely not. That's a discussion for another day. But some of them were. But, again, a lot of that goes to youth. These are not your starters for the most part. You're going to have a little bit of sloppy play. So, uh, again, the sky is not falling when it comes to the penalties being the headline of a first preseason game in which the second and third stringers are, are debuting. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think the, the part that's hard for fans is when they look at it, they say the Cowboys led the league in penalties last year. Right, right. Then right. they have that night. And I think that's the part that they're having a hard time reconciling. And I get it. It's the first preseason game. There were a ton of young guys out there. You're, and we even saw that one play with Tyler Smith uh, and, and Biotish. Uh, it wasn't. It didn't end up being a penalty, uh, but it was a situation where they ended up getting some. They ended up getting an interception because of pressure that was caused mm-hmm. on that play. And it looked like we don't know if it was Biotis that was at fault or Tyler Smith that was at fault, but basically the defender split them. And it looked like to me, it looked like maybe Tyler Smith just didn't get there in time. Again, when you talk about the speed of the game, those are the kinds of things that you want the first preseason game to yep. be able to show your young guys like this is how fast it's going to be moving this is how these players are this is how strong they are like get a sense for that because it is different than college football where you might go through a whole season and you play two or three really good guys that can play in the nfl level all the rest of the guys you should be able to beat up on pretty good there is a difference every single week you're going to be playing those guys you got to get used to that and that's the part i think i agree with mike mccarthy that Let's just hold for a second. Let's see what happens when, when you got some of the starters out there. If you're still having this level of penalties, then we'll, we'll push that red panic button. Right now, I don't think it's the time to push it. Let's talk about Tyler Smith, though. I, I want to focus in on the offensive line. There were two players specifically that I think we all should have been taking a look at to see how they played. Tyler Smith is the first one. Give me an assessment of how you think he played in this opening game. Uh, my, my final verdict on, on the NFL preseason debut of Tyler Smith is high ceiling. Uh, you saw in the first quarter of the first half, he was basically mauling guys. I saw at least two or three pancakes where he just planted guys into the ground. The strength that we've seen him put on display in training camp here in Oxnard, it translated immediately to the NFL game. That's very promising for him. Uh, did he make a couple of mistakes? Yeah, you could say the first holding penalty, I don't put that on him. I, I just think that was a, a call that I wouldn't have made if I'm the referee there. The second one, uh, it could go either way. Call it ticky-tack, but let's say it was a holding. Okay, game speed. Right. He's learning, like you said, Derek, and like like Nick knows, these are all world athletes. I mean, even the backups for another team, even the backups to the backups. These are guys that are some of the best athletes in the world. They're fast. They're quick. They're strong, just like you. Um, so I think he, he's picking up on that. He's learning. I love what he said after the game and that he doesn't praise himself. He's always looking to get better. He has the mindset to be a successful uh, player at the NFL level. He has the skill set to be a successful player at the NFL level. I saw flashes of elite play from him mixed with some growing pains. But the overall verdict on Tyler Smith, for me, two thumbs up. Agreed. Yeah, I think, 
you know, I think he played he played well, and uh, I, I blame the coaches for what they've done with him. I, I still think it's wrong. Tell me a little bit about that. Cause you did it, write an article. Yeah, and I, I thought it was it, a really good article. Yeah, I think it's wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm I, you know, I, I don't. I don't coach football, and so maybe what they're doing is fine. But I think what we saw out there, if there's any communication issues between Tyler Biotish and Tyler Smith, then then why is that? Why is he only getting half the reps out here? I mean, and I asked McCarthy that afterwards, yeah. and he didn't even answer the question. He didn't even take yeah, he it. Went the whole he went a direction. completely different direction <laughs> there. And so, I mean, you know, they're asking him, to, to, they're easing him in, easing him in. But as I wrote in the article is that, he is going to be really good. Everything Patrick said is right. He is going to be really good. The problem is is that they need him to be really good September 11th against the Bucks. That's what they need. And the best way, I think, to play football and to learn football is to play it. And I just don't understand why we're giving McGovern all these snaps. I, he's going to have to play it sometime, too. But Tyler Smith has to play right now. And they didn't – they haven't – it's time to take the training wheels off. That's what I've said. Well, let me ask you this question because I know you and I had talked uh, off the air about kind of how we look at this offensive line and there was this question of okay man if the tackle's really especially the swing tackle you don't think he's good enough to necessarily uh, be a guy that can really be your swing tackle is the possibility that if you lose Tyron Smith let's say if there's an injury and he has an injury right now as a matter of fact mm-hmm. but if you lose him for a few games is the possibility that maybe they'll have to move Tyler Smith out to de- out to, to tackle in which case you got to have McGovern ready to play at guard and that may be the reasoning why they're kind of flipping him in and out. What are your thoughts on that kind of thought process? Yeah, I mean, I agree. But I, but I and think, I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying that's something we I kind think, of banter I about. I think yeah. you've got to get a veteran tackle now. That, that's another issue. You've got to get another veteran. <laughs> we'll talk about veteran. it. But, but, I, but they, they work hand in hand. I yeah. mean, we're talking about contingency plans. And what happens here when you move Tyler Smith? I think from what I've seen in the game the other day, it's just one game, but I, what I've seen is I think Tyler Smith needs to play guard. I think he's a mauler type guy, and I want that beef there because when it's when it's first and goal at the seven yard line, mm-hmm. that play is critical. Are we going to get three, four, five yards up the middle? That changes the whole thing. If you can't get a push down there, and I think Tyler Smith gives you that type of push, I think he needs to play guard, and then Patrick they can figure out the tackle stuff. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what drives me crazy about it is, and, and you know, not to not to rehash uh, recent history, but the team created the issue at backup tackle at backup swing tackle the decision to move on from Lyle Collins for whatever reason you decided to do so in doing that you created a vacuum that then pulled Terrence Steele up to the starting right tackle role but guess what Steele was more than sufficient as a backup swing so now you have an issue at backup swings you come into camp and you're thinking okay we'll give Josh Ball a shot here we got rookie fifth round pick Matt well let's go guess what injuries happen Matt well let's go goes down with a shoulder injury possibly needs surgery might have a red shirt season so now you're like okay well there's that much more pressure on Josh Ball to perform but now now we have to move Isaac Alicon, who was the backup interior lineman, outside. Now, Alicon does have history playing tackle back at Monterey. That much is true. But even when I spoke to Mike McCarthy a couple weeks ago, he sounded reticent to put Alicon at tackle. The only he's reason, better Alicon, guard. Yeah, yeah, the only reason he's at tackle is because Walesco is injured. Now these issues are starting to come up. Sidebar, not so much sidebar, but to this point, Alicon played very well in his 2025 snaps. He had no penalties drawn. He didn't allow a single pressure. Now, here we are, about to go into two scrimmages with the Chargers and a game against the Chargers. Much like you want to see Tyler Smith take the reins at the interior left guard, 
I want to see more snaps from Isaac Alicorn. Wow. We've seen. I mean, wow. What, now no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm I, not saying Alicorn is the definitive swing tackle. I know tackle. you're not. I'm just saying, wow, that that, that he's made it. I'm so proud of him oh, for yeah, making yeah. it to that point. To like point. we're Think not talking about. Yeah. Nine, he's 91 yeah. on the roster. He's an yeah. exemption. Yeah. You know, yeah. and we talk about him, and I understand he's a big part of of you know Spanish stuff, what Amber's doing, and all that kind of stuff. But he's legitimately. Worked himself yes. into this mix, and that it could be because of the other. There's no other options. Not to cut you off, I'm just no, saying, right. wow, that he's made it to this point. And, and, and we're I actually agree. even talking about yeah. him as a guy that legitimately can make this team and be a, a player for them, a role player for them. I think we can all agree that at this point in time, Alicon is pushing Bell at that backup tackle position. If you look at what Alicon has has done in being moved over to tackle ball. and inch oh ball. Oh yeah. Ball. I was I was like we got bells, we got balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got bells, we got balls. Okay. Yeah, so not, not yeah, no, not talking. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't just say it once, you said it twice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Ele- Isaac Alicorn. Always. Focus. Okra. Okra. <laughs> uh, Isaac Alicorn, we've seen what we've seen from Josh Ball and for those that you know, don't have access to the training camp practices. Josh Ball has struggled in camp practices as well. So it was not an anomaly that he struggled against the Denver Broncos in the preseason debut this year. It's kind of a rollover. Now I have some very real concerns about can Josh Ball be a viable option at backup swing tackle. But now you have a guy like Alicon who continues to improve and quickly in that role. Now it's time to say, okay, at best, at worst, I should say, split duty going against the Chargers. But if we going into Seattle, I would like to see more of a, you know, 75-25 split going to Alicorn because you need to figure out that situation. We know that uh, Tehran is dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury. It doesn't seem serious at the moment, but it's a, it's a reminder that if you're the Cowboys, you're not safe at tackle right now. I, I would like to throw this in, though. I, as, I, as I looked at, at Josh Ball... I went back and thought about it after the game, and and there were there were a couple plays where yeah he got beat. There was a couple he obviously had the penalties, um, but but there were also some things I thought that he did pretty good. Agreed, and, agreed. and that's one of the issues where, you know, you kind of wonder with Josh Ball: is this just growing pains? Is this just him learning? The same thing as Tyler Smith. Like there were some moments as you talked about, mm-hmm. uh, Patrick, that. You know, you saw some really good things from from Tyler Smith. There were also some moments that were like, yeah, yeah, you got to work on that. Maybe it's the same thing with Josh Ball. And maybe we shouldn't bury him just yet. Maybe we got to let him kind of develop a little bit more. This is really his first year of yeah, playing, I mean, actually playing. Yeah, you know? I mean, let's let's look at all of the tackles that, that are here. I mean, even to think about Tyron Smith's first year. Yeah. He had some big-time issues with a guy named DeMarcus Ware. And who, Throughout who, camp. Who didn't. Um, look at um, Terrence Steele. I mean, mm-hmm. Terrence Steele is the same, same boat, and we, we never would have thought. Oh, we're and, ready to and, cut him. Oh, yeah, in a year and a half, he'd be the <laughs> yeah. guy that you're going to just move on with Lyle Collins because you got Terrence Steele. So I think, I think with Josh Ball, but, again, it goes back to September 11th. I mean, like, you, you have to do it now. So I see him wearing a T-shirt and a, and a cap for every game this year. I really do. I see him being inactive. And, Who are you talking and, about this point? Ball. Ball. Okay. And, and, and to your point, it, it's not – and I don't want to be clear. It's not about um, – sending ball to free agency yeah. in the final roster cutdowns. If you're the Cowboys, you don't have that luxury. This is also a former pick from last year. You have to develop this guy. Mm-hmm. But to the same breath that Nick is saying, September 11th cometh, and it cometh rather quickly. Mm-hmm. You need to determine who's going to be your definitive backup swing tackle, and the best way to do that is you, you take ball and you say, okay, you're not having the best camp right now, but we're going to continue to develop you here. But you may not be ready for September 11th. Let's continue to develop you. We're going to keep getting you these snaps in preseason. 
camp reps. But hey, Isaac, come here. We see you. Your trajectory has changed. So, so let's see if you might be ready to oh be the backup God. tackle <laughs> on <laughs> September 11th. You, you of course, said, you don't want to use well, any well, other yeah. backup well, tackles. Well, Nick, you said, you said you expect to see ball in a ball cap. That mm-hmm. also means that somebody else is going to be your yeah, swing tackle. Is here. it Alicone? Uh, no. Or you think it's somebody else that's not on I the I don't team? think so. But, I, but if, if, if people think that there's a chance, this week against the Chargers is the Here best time to do it. Tyron, <laughs> Thank you. Tyron's not going to practice that much. Oh. Bosa, Mac. There we go. Let's go. Oh, there we go. Isaac. There, there get we out go. There. That's hey. all I'm asking is to see. I, will, I need oh to my. see. Okay, but okay. That being said, who is your quarterback that you want to see? <laughs> I, know, I, I know he's going to have the red jersey on. I think. <laughs> I, uh, I would be like, well, go to the, yeah, I'd go to those Chargers defensive well, line. Hopefully, hopefully, real Will Greer is is back in the mix, and you know, you had that extra uh, facet of mobility, and he can. You know, Wilker had a really too. good game. He <laughs> improved himself on the depth chart by not doing a damn thing. I will tell you this: I will give, I will give the defensive front. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the offensive front a little bit of a of deference in Denver at that practice on Thursday, mainly because I do think there is something to altitude and them getting the out there. I, like, I think on. some of those, I think some of those cats are holding on for dear life. I think yeah, during that practice. Yeah. Now, when they go to, to to LA, they won't have that. Like that's not yeah, going to be yeah, a part of the true. mix. Yeah. Let's see yeah, how well you perform yeah, against some level. really, really, really good defensive line. Right, but I'll say this: altitude or heat or whatever. Um, uh, going to Los Angeles, if if your starting running back gets knocked on his ass <laughs> in a drill when everyone stopped, it's it's time for them yeah, to do something yeah. about it. I don't care if it was a Mama. good hit, clean hit, whatever. It wasn't really. No, it wasn't and, clean. And, and that's when they, they need to say. Mama. And I think Zeke looked around kind of like, yeah. what am I doing? This, yeah. this, this is really right. I mean, our, photo- our, our video guy zoomed out like, oh, well, this is going to be a fight. You know, we all were like, here it comes. Right. Yeah. Nothing. And, I and if all, of all the fights that happened, that was actually the moment where it was like, okay, what, like go is, get them. Yeah. The what are we doing? Yeah, go we, get them. We, yeah. we, were, we were expecting regulators, that uh, and we didn't get that. We were expecting a clear black night, a clear white moon. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Warren G was not, in fact, on the scene <laughs> trying to consume. My okay. dude. <laughs> My dude. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but to you guys' point, uh, I mean, the chippiness that we've seen in camp, uh, you know, it, it shows that the fire is burning inside. We saw some of the chippiness in the Broncos, uh, in the scrimmage right. against the Broncos. But in that one particular moment, uh, this is this is RB1 finishing a play. You can see him drop his guard because he wasn't anticipating that he was going to take that hit. Chubb mows right through him. Mount up. Mount up. Yeah. You know, I mean, get, Terrence, get Steele, Terrence Steele, I, I was proud of him. Get in there. He, 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 he mixed it up in there pretty good. Well, but. Randy made it personal with him. I mean, it, I don't know if you saw it, but there were a few times when Randy Gregory, I'm talking about, yeah. of the Denver Broncos. On the pup list. Pur- yeah, purpose, purpose, personally, Not, I, got, I should say. got activated today. Personally was going after Steele. I, at one point, I'm pretty sure he called him soft. I'm yeah. not sure. Was kind of tapping him on the head. Like, he was he was, he was, was making sure that there were going to be fights in that practice. Yeah. As much as everybody else was trying to get the practice, to get the reps and do the things they needed to do, Randy was not going to yeah, let that happen. Yeah, that respect level not let that, that I had for him, I mean, it wasn't high anyways at that point after what he did in the spring. But then to do that, what he did the other day and instigate all that and then and mix it up with the high fives on certain players, but to, to, to basically – get in there and instigate the fight. I mean, that's where Terrence Steele, I really wish, would have just called him out and said, let's go. Line up. Take the bucket half off if you want, and let's line up, which he wouldn't have because he wasn't on the list. Maybe he did say that. Who knows? There were a lot. There was a lot of John yeah, back there. I don't going. know. I'm just saying, I've never, ever, ever seen a really tough guy on the pup list. 
You're not. You're not tough. If you can't get out there and play, then why are you talking about people that are? Yeah. Move on. Sorry. That's Patrick, I know but, but that's tell your me guy. how you really feel. I know that's your guy. But <laughs> why does it have to be my guy? Well, I thought he was your guy. I mean, I yeah, that, that, that's what <laughs> <laughs> he is. <laughs> I mean, but the, the way you positioned it was, <laughs> no, but was I mean, in, like, I have to choose sides. No, you don't. You, <laughs> know, you know, that, that's, that's your guy. You, you probably have a different relationship, know him in a different level, and which is which is fine, it, and I don't. What we saw is, is Randy Gregory carrying the chip on his shoulder that we knew that he would carry mm-hmm. going into 2022. We know, you know, that the, the split from the Cowboys without rehashing history, we know it went very poorly. Yeah. No matter which side you describe it from, it did not end well. well. Yep. It didn't go well on, on Randy's stand, from Randy's standpoint, and we know it did not go well from Jerry's standpoint. That's why Jerry continues to defend indirectly that decision, and be it Randy, Amari, Lyle, et cetera, et cetera. And he Jerry paints did, it as a availability. And right? Jerry didn't didn't go over and, and hug him up in the field. I mean, I, we never and, saw that. No, did we didn't we? see that. In, but I we, saw him in DQ. Randy and Dan Quinn, yeah. they were chopping it up, laughing, got a couple hugs in. So it's – there's still a ton of love between Randy and, and certain factions certain of of this organization, but there's that chip on the shoulder. Yeah. I think you saw that chip become chippiness from Randy. And I, I think if you ask Randy, he would have loved to not been on the public. He would have loved to get in there, yeah. helmet, strap up, and mix it up with those guys. But he was on the public. Yeah. He couldn't. And he won't get a chance to play the Cowboys this year because the Cowboys don't play the Broncos. So I, that was his shot to kind of get his we little. Don't think, like we don't think. Yeah, yeah, well, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't start. Let's start. All right, we gotta take our first break. When we come Cowboys back, Broncos Super Bowl. <laughs> that what we saw Thursday, what we saw Saturday night didn't look like a that preview. Don't look, that don't look like it to me, but we'll see. All right, we're gonna take our first break. When we come back, we are gonna flip over to the defensive side of the ball. I want to talk about these cornerbacks. There was some uh, good things we saw. There was some things that were not so good. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Lil Sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Lil Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. Patrick, did you know that if you're watching from home or just cheering in the stands that you need to get Essler lenses so you can see every exciting play? Go to your local Essler experts to find the perfect lens for you. See more, do more, Essler. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. This second episode is also presented to you by blockchain.com. We're reviewing Cowboys game against the Denver Broncos. They lose 17-7. to uh, Let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. Let's talk about these defensive backs. Nashawn Wright, he gets beat for uh, gains of about 23-24, which was a touchdown, and 40. Uh, Kelvin Joseph also gave up a touchdown. He also had an offside, which is a weird situation. You know, you it's a, what, 50, I think it was a 57-yard field goal attempt. And he gets offsides on a miss of and a 57 yard field goal, makes. and then he makes the field goal. All things being considered, it didn't look like those two cornerbacks had the greatest night. But I'll take, I want to hear assessments from you guys on, on how you think those two guys played, particularly. Mm. You want to take that one? Well, let's start with uh, Nishan. Uh, Wright started off strong, <clears throat> had some good, co- really good coverage, a couple of PBUs. Uh, and then the night kind of got away from him. Uh, and then you started seeing him give up plays. And, and I'm of the mindset that I, I wonder if, as a young guy, um, on a stage like that, trying so hard to prove himself, if the first mistake didn't then create the second mistake, which then created the third mistake. Because when you're a young guy in the NFL, the worst thing you could do is get in your head, right? you got to have short memory. It just feels like, to me, Nishan didn't have short memory, and it just manifested into more and more mistakes. So a strong evening devolved into anything but for right. I still think um, that he will bounce back from that. He's had a strong camp overall. I think the coaches will get with him, Dan Quinn, Al Harris, and, and they'll get him straightened out for the Chargers game. Kelvin Joseph, there's much more pressure on Kelvin Joseph to, to start performing than there is Nishan Wright. This is a former second-round pick. Um, had a, a, an unfortunate offseason that is still not concluded <laughs> just yet. That's because, one way to put it. Because the NFL has not ruled it one way or another, so you know we'll see how that goes. But as far as his production on the field, he's had a an up-and-down camp. Kelvin Joseph has. Uh, you see traits of, of a guy who can shut corners down. His coverage ability, his ability to blanket uh, opposing wide receivers is fantastic. But it always seems like if there's a big play being made, when you look at the jersey number of the, of the defender, it's, it's number one. Um, and then you go back and you look at the film, and oftentimes it's like, oh, well, that was a fantastic throw and that was a fantastic catch, and we saw that against the Broncos. That, that touchdown, I think, it was the Hinton. Uh, that fantastic throw, fantastic catch. What more could Kelvin have done in that position? I'm not sure that I could pinpoint what he could have done, but he was on the unfortunate end on plays like that. And when it comes to, like, the offsides, that simply can't happen. That, now, that's a youth error. That's an aggressive, uh, over-aggressiveness error where it's just like, okay, uh, on a long field goal like that, just, you know, put it on the kicker to make that instead of giving him a mulligan. And then guess what? Like you said, Derek, he went and he made it. So uh, the more pressure is on Kelvin to bounce back quickly, quickly, especially with Anthony Brown having one of the best camps uh, for the Cowboys and remaining that CB2 opposite 
Trevon Diggs. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. But both need to improve. More pressure's on Kelvin to do it immediately. I think uh, both can, and, you know, we'll see if they get it together. Nick, if you look at those two players from a bigger picture standpoint, I'm talking about what we've seen mm. during camp and then related to what you saw during the game, how do you assess those two players? Well, I think it's to me, I mean, it was real simple. They played well early on when the pass rush was there, and then when the pass rush wasn't there, they, they didn't really. So I don't know if, if you could say maybe they weren't playing as well early on. You know, maybe they were just benefiting from that kind of help. But as, as those two guys go – um, I think the Cowboys have a decision to make. I would cut one of them. And, um, you know, I mean, you can't keep six corners. Yeah. And Deron Bland's going to make the team, Absolutely. I think. Cause he, Has he emerged fun. at this yes. point to where yes. you, do you think yeah. he's the fourth yes. best corner on this team? Uh, I don't know about that, but, but uh, you know, and, and – and, and that doesn't always matter because the fourth yes. best corner, it, the special teams is gonna is gonna determine who that who that player is active. So he could be a little better corner, but maybe not as good as special teams go. So well, CJ Goodwin's gonna be active, right? He's, well, but, he's gonna be considered but, uh, part of the corners, but that doesn't but, count. Yeah, yeah he's a specialist. Yeah, I just think I think the Cowboys are. I mean, I think they're probably gonna move on from one of those two guys. I, that's what I would in think. in favor of Bland. Yeah. yeah, and and I think they're both playing the same way, and there may be some kind of tie break of off the field issue. I, 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 to answer your question, I think Bland, as we have this conversation, is the fourth best cornerback on, on the team. Um, that's not a knock necessarily against Kelvin Joseph and Deshaun Wright. I think that as it stands, though, Bland has so uh, so come in and hit the ground running and in everything the coaching staff has asked him to do, cover the X, cover the Z, cover the slot, he's, he's just making the plays. And he had a big stop in that initial uh, offensive drive for the Broncos in Denver that forced a punt and when they were moving the ball down the field. Um, so you, you love what you're seeing from Bland. You love what you continue to see. His trajectory is pointed due north. And we're t- talking about this in the same breath that we're saying, well, Kelvin Joseph had a strong first quarter or so kind of fell off the board. Nashawn Wright had a strong first quarter or so, kind of fell off the board. Deron Bland didn't fall off the board regardless of if there was a pass rush or not. And obviously, uh, when you don't have a pass rush, the coverage windows expand, and now you're really being tested. So for me, Diggs, as we have this conversation, Diggs, Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, and I have to put Bland there at number so, four. Let me ask you this. How did how did Bland he, – he was undrafted, right? No, he was no, fifth no, round. Uh, fifth, fifth round, round Fresno State. He's a fifth round pick. How does a guy like that, that has come out here and as a rookie, just immediately kind of just feels like he gets it? Like he, know, how does he get that far in the draft? Because the one thing about corners is like everybody needs corners. Yeah. And good corners are hard to come by. How does a guy like that drop that far? Well, he's, he's not for everybody. I mean, because he's a bigger guy and some and only certain teams. Dan Quinn is not like every other yeah. defensive coordinator that likes this guy. He or, or that that likes that type of corner. Um, he didn't have a lot of tape either, but but he but what they do like about him is is that he's got good size and he's got track history, and so, so the speed he's, he's got the speed oh, yeah. and that and they feel like they can they can coach him up. I don't I don't necessarily agree that he is the fourth best corner right now, but it doesn't matter. You're going to make the team because you've got you've showed in three or four weeks you showed something that we haven't necessarily seen from the other guys. If right. you don't think he's the fourth best, who do you think is the fourth best corner? We know Nashawn the top three Wright. guys. You think Nashawn Wright's better mm-hmm. at this point? I do. I, I will tell you this. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
No, I, I just I like him. I like his. I, I like the way he competes. I like the, the size that he has, and I think that he will continue to develop. And if he does, like his upside to me is higher because he jumps higher and reaches higher. <laughs> yeah, you know, like he has a higher ceiling because <laughs> he's a higher literal. person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And honestly, out here during practices, I actually Nation Wright's a guy that just has jumped off for me in yeah. practice, and I'm like, Agreed. man, he's getting. And I'd already thought he had passed Kelvin Joseph in my opinion. Nation Wright had. Um, the game worried me a little bit because yeah. he wasn't playing, by and large, he wasn't playing the kind of guys that you expect are going to give him problems if, if he's playing during the regular season. Like, those are not the guys that he's going to be facing. That Like, those are not the guys that are the top, better wide receivers right, in the right. NFL. So for him to be having those kind of struggles that night, eh, that kind of gives me a little bit of a pause. But I will say at practice, I've, I've been very impressed yeah. with what he's been able to do. So I could see, Nick, where you kind of say, right now I still kind of give him the edge a little bit. But Bland's been good out here too, don't get me wrong. I, I just feel like when it comes to Nishan Wright, a um, little bit of a, of a, an attempt to flex him as a rookie, kind of stole some of his development, his potential development at the cornerback position. I'm a huge, I'm huge on Wright. I still think that he will – It'll click for him, and he'll become an impact cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but if Bland continues to perform as he is performing, I think when it comes down to the final roster cuts, and you guys and I, you know, we can all agree that uh, a portion of that is chestnut checkers in that who do you think you can risk the waivers and potentially get them back on the practice squad? It's going to be much harder to get a guy like Bland if Bland continues yeah. on, this, on this trajectory. You're not going to risk him to waivers. And again, this is a fifth-round pick. This is a draft pick of yours. Nashawn Wright, if he stumbles a bit, does that mean that he doesn't deserve to be on the team? No, but that will give the Cowboys something to think about as far as maybe we can get him back on the practice squad, continue developing him, and call him up if we need to at some point during the season. I'd like to see if the NFL is going to do something about Kelvin Joseph, if that's going to happen I mean, that's sooner than later because, you, you know, it's going to factor the in. unfortunate offseason. Yeah, I mean, because he, he might not be on the roster the first couple of weeks anyways. If, if that happens, um, so some, something's got to give there. Yeah. Good luck hoping the NFL moves at, at the pace you want them to. I mean, that's <laughs> the one thing we know about this is the NFL takes their time with these kinds sure. of decisions, and you just never know. Like, literally, it could just be a random week when all of a sudden now they've decided, here's our ruling on this. There is no timeline. And, uh, it and won't so, be a random week. We'll, be, we'll all be on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, you're that's, right about that. Yeah. And to be <laughs> fair, given the gravity of, of what they're – you know, investigating. Sure, they're more than likely absolutely get that, it. but but it's not. It's just it's one of those things where it's just like you you're completely at their mercy on what happens and the timing well, the of when are it no happens. Stranger to that, yeah, and the timing. <laughs> when, and by the way, this is not just a Cowboys thing. It is across the league. Like yeah. they are the NFL just it's, has its own timetable for it, and it 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 doesn't seem to match up with anything related necessarily to the football product. It's just whenever they get to yeah, the point where they're like, it, we we're it. ready to yeah. say what our ruling is, that's when they're going to get. Let me it. go back to Nashawn Wright real quick, and this is not just uh, this this simple mindset of where a lot of fans will do this. Oh, you're tall. You maybe you're not the best corner. Safety, I, that <laughs> happens a lot, yeah. but because it's not always it's not always the need, a, a quick fix, because because it's a guy that you, you got to be smart, you know you got to be you got to be somebody that understands all the positions, but I really do believe that he would be a dynamic player because of his skill set to cover tight ends and maybe covering the slot. I would like to see a hybrid role for him, not not so much a curse linebacker safety, but kind of a corner slot safety type guy because I think he's smart enough to do it. He's rangy enough to do it. And you, you can match him up with those big hands or big arms on a tight end. I think he could be good. Have you seen him in a slot at all here during camp? Have they tried that at all? I don't recall. 
No, but then again, I'm already thinking they should do things different with Tyron Smith, you know. <laughs> Maybe you ought to be in the coaches' meeting. Yeah, Maybe right. that's where you need to be. Yeah, I don't know about that. Stop moving the Sean around. <laughs> <laughs> because at, at a certain point, right, okay, you mentioned just, I'm just trying to get on the field. Uh, I get Just it. trying to get him on the field. I get it. You have Curse in a flex role. You're developing Marquise Bell for a flex role, right? At a certain point, you also need guys who excel at one or two things, as opposed to trying to make them that Swiss Army knife. I look at Nashawn, and I look at his length, and I look at his speed and his physical attributes, and it goes back to what I was saying a few moments ago. I think that if you key him in at the cornerback position, you will see that much more rapid of a development. But if you start to kind of wonder, oh, well, the development is is taking a little longer than we want, so we're going to go back to trying to move him around, I think you're working against yourself. You're overthinking it when it comes to him. Now, you see a guy like Jerron Curse, what he can do as a flex, absolutely, run with that. Marquise Bell, you see what he can do in the flex? Absolutely, run with that. Guys who can flex and excel at whatever you flex them at, wonderful. But guys who are just trying to be good Mm -hmm. at four different things you're asking them to do, it should click in your head. Maybe we should shrink those four down to two. And even if we need to shrink the well, two down to one, okay, and let's try it that way. Okay, but okay, but but then then but project. Do you ever see Nashawn Wright being your starting cornerback when Sunday Night Football comes? It's, it's gonna be like Nashawn Wright, Oregon State. Possible to know such things. I, you I, have injuries. You have contract situations that'll come well, up. Yeah, but I'm it, saying, do you it, think he'll be good enough to be a starting? Are you saying right now or in eventually? The eventually, I think yes. So. I, you don't a think starter? He can, right now? No. So. Eventually, yes. He has the skill set and the physical abilities. To I do think. So. I think his. That's if what, you stop. Mandating him all over the sandwich, but, but I think that's exactly where he's going to ha- be a good player. I don't think he'll ever be this great outside guy. I think where he's going to be good is he's going to be kind of a, a matchup type person, where he'll, he'll have to play some in the slot. He'll have to go up against tight ends. He can maybe be a rangy uh, center fielder type. I think that's where he would excel the most. That's what I think. Yeah, and, and we're calling him a third round pick because the Cowboys drafted him in the third right, round. Yeah. He could have easily been a seventh round pick if if, if the Cowboys don't. Draft I understand him. that, you know but I mean? but I guess the way I look at it is if if the Cowboys are willing to invest a third round pick in him, yeah. they at least yes. think sure. he has yes. the ability to be a starting cornerback yes. in the NFL, and that's where I look at it and say I think he has the skill set at least as how they see their corners an effective NFL corner having to, the skills they need. I think they believe he does. Yeah. So, you know, whatever we think, I think they believe he can certainly be a starter guy. And I, I've seen flashes that make me say, yeah, maybe yeah. I could see and it. I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to move him around yeah. back and forth. I'm just trying to move him once. I'm not trying to <laughs> yeah, move him back and forth. I'm just like, it's time. I don't. I, don't, I just see that's where I think he will be. You just, think, you just think ultimately there's a role for him yes. that has more to do with just putting him in one spot. Yeah. You think the role is what makes him the most, most effective player is being able to do a lot of those things. I don't think him on the outside guy and, and going up against a, a Waddles and Tyree Kills and those guys, which were nightmares for everybody. Yeah. But, but just the shorter, shifty receiver, I think that there's a different role kind of for him. And I think – I think he could be really good at, at that role. I don't know if it's just always an every down outside corner. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. We do have to talk about the kickers. I want to see what these guys think about the kickers and where the kicker uh, competition is at this point. We'll talk about that when we come right back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Little sweet. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper is on its way. So sweet. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. 
Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back to the break. Are you a Cowboys fan who spices up the game? Nominate yourself or others to be Cowboys Fan of the Year. Presented by Captain Morgan. Win a trip to Super Bowl 57 in Arizona. Nominate today at DallasCowboys.com slash fan of the year. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break. It is the final segment of the break from Training Camp 2022 in Oxnard, California. Chris, will, our producer, will be packing everything up after this show, and we'll be uh, sending that stuff back to Dallas. We are heading off to Los Angeles here. Actually, it's going to be Ingl- not Inglewood. We'll be in Irvine. Irvine. It's always up to Irvine. no good. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are good today. Uh, we're going to Irvine uh, tomorrow, and we'll be there for the remainder of the week. Uh, heading into Cowboys at practices. Cowboys at practices. Great time. Uh, it was um, Cowboys will have practices against the Chargers on uh, Wednesday and Thursday. We will have lots of uh, video. Uh, we'll, we're basically going to be doing a bunch of clips of training camp live during those two practices where you guys and, and others of our uh, talent will be on air talking about different things, giving you guys live look-ins into practice uh, with the Chargers. So we'll be doing that on Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, and then on Saturday, Cowboys will take on the Chargers uh, before – we get to go back home, which I'm sure we all are very much ready to home, get back to, uh, to to Texas. Mm. and uh, <laughs> some, some real brisket. Nick, why you say, uh. You know why I say that is because I actually got tired this morning thinking of Saturday night. Yeah. The game yeah. will end. Mm-hmm. This is all Dallas time. The yes. game will end at midnight. Yep. Unless there's another penalty fest. So the 12, 1230. Get on the plane by 2 o'clock. Three hours back to Dallas by 5, get on a bus, go to the Star, get your luggage. Then for me personally, get an Uber because I have to get me back too. home. Same. And then, Same. And then uh, 
I mean, it'll basically probably, get to your house around six thirty. Six thirty, yeah. and then maybe get to sleep by seven, and then the kids will be up, and then they'll be like, you're, you're, "Hey, you know, dad's yeah. back," and so. Just that—that that just makes me tired. Now I'm excited yeah. about it. Yeah. getting back, but I'm just and the dad's back part. You, that means you got to be on. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that you got to be on. That's if they don't wake up when they hear the key right. in the lock. <laughs> if they're not already up, or right. they wake up at that point. Dad's home. Real quick, I do need to give a quick shout out. My daughter Kennedy. This is her first day of her senior year in high school. I'm All bummed right. I'm not oh. there, but I'm so excited. And for those of you who have been listening to the break since back when me and Nick were doing the break back in the old dungeon at Valley Ranch. She was, yes, that was the little girl that came in one day and sat in on the show and was yeah. holding her teddy bear as she was Aww. said a few things. Like, yes, and she's a senior in high school. I'm, well, I'm like, congratulations. Yeah, it's a lot, man. It's to a lot. Her, I'm so not ready to her, to you, this. to your family. Oh, I get it. I'm not I, ready I, have, this, I have one that just graduated in June. Yeah. Um, so just soak up as much as you can, man. Time flies, man. Yeah. So next year. Maybe she'll be right out here at one of these colleges. Well, well ir- ironically, yeah, this might, might be a possibility. And she might be out here working with us. She's looking to get into the film business. So she okay. wants to come work with our team. So she might be out here doing a little work with us Wouldn't next be year. the first. I know, right? It happens sometimes. Dad's right. not going to have any problem with that. No, as long as she's baby with me. I was going to say, having a baby girl right there. Can't relate. All right, here we go, guys. Let's get an update on the kicker situation. Probably, Probably the area of this team, in my opinion, that is – uh, most, like, it is the biggest problem that they have yeah. as a position group, in my opinion, is the kicker position. Where do you guys stand on kicker, and, and where do you think it is as far as if you rank the two guys that are here? Well, let me, let me say, I, um, to answer that part, I think I still think it's it's all just, it's 50-50. I mean, no, nobody did anything good or bad um, to, to really elevate themselves. I mean, 56-yarder, 50, is 56, that what he yeah. missed it? Yeah. Wide right. The whole yeah. the snap didn't seem yeah, that great either. Right. Uh, was it even raining? I mean, like some of those, I'm not too worried about 50 plus misses unless they don't get there. I think that's an issue, and if they don't get there in Denver, in Denver, big right, issue. Right. Um, <laughs> but what I will say though is, I I think that I thought I thought McCarthy missed an opportunity there. Mm. If 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 Cooper Rush gets a pass, you know, to Peyton Hendershot on fourth and two, and they extend the drive, does that help you as much as it would help you if a guy makes a 56 yarder or 52 yarder? I just think that was an opportunity. To that, we need to figure out what, what's what's happening here. And I thought I thought they, they missed the boat by not attempting a field goal there. I, I agree with uh, all points that you made. Number one, we didn't see enough opportunities from either of the kickers to make uh, an actual analysis of if they yeah. progressed or regressed. Who's taking the lead because of that game? They left the game sitting at the same point that they came into the game with. Um, not putting 56. If he had made it, wonderful. That would have gone to the positive, but he didn't. Eh, 56-yarder, okay, yeah. whatever. It did make it there, so there you go. Um, but like you said, Nick, there was an opportunity on, more, on a, at least a couple of occasions to get Hajralahu out there or get Maher out there and say, okay, we're also trying to assess this kicker situation, and the Cowboys just did not. If you look at it from a count perspective – you would just have to, by default, say Hajrullah, has the lead at the moment, simply because he's been here the entirety of the camp. He was successful in getting Garibay released, and then they bring in Maher. But Maher hasn't had, you know, practice yeah. reps to be able to say, okay, well, how's he doing in camp practices versus Liram? Liram has been uh, on an upper swing. Uh, he's been very accurate since just ahead of Maher being signed through Maher being signed. So for that, I'm, I'm going to say Hazrullah, who still has the lead. That's not necessarily saying a ton, considering we haven't seen the 2022 version of Maher yet. 
there was an opportunity to see him in Denver. We didn't. Here come the Chargers. You know, will the Cowboys march them out there? Hopefully so. Um, ultimately, I do agree with you, Derek. It is arguably the biggest concern on the entire roster. But you could also solve that by converting third downs in 2022, extending <laughs> drives, punching in for touchdowns. Yeah. That way mm. you won't really need your kicker as much as which, you would you know, think which otherwise. Which goes back to me. I'm going to disagree. A kicker's up there. It's not a bigger concern than offensive line for me because offensive line, I think, is I a bigger concern. arguably. Arguably. Okay. Well, we don't have to argue. I, just, I, but it's I, left, I left the window. Arguably doesn't mean you have to argue. But yeah, here's the right. thing about yeah, it. It's, it's 51% to 49%. Yeah. Like, you know, Hajralahu – how do you say it? Hi- it's, it's, I say Hi-Rahu. 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 That J is silent. I is, think. is the J silent? I think so. Like the D and Django? Lirum. Yeah, let's just call him <laughs> yeah. Lirum. Lirum, Lirum works, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lirum H. Yeah. Oh, no, man. that sounds like preparation. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> I think we're getting way yeah. off the tracks right <laughs> now. Kind of like some of those kicks have been, too. Way off the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, but but all it takes is if, if, if Lirum misses yeah. one kick, yeah. let's say he misses a 44-yarder, then Maher's in the lead, you know. And if Maher missing, you know what I mean? That's how close they are. That it's not like anybody has any room to, to breathe here. And they're all they're, they're both going up against every kicker that gets cut and released in the next that's few true. weeks. That's true. Because there, honestly, there really isn't a lot that's just sitting out there. Also that's kicker. part of the problem. Like if they were going to address this issue, they had to address it months ago. Like trying to address draft. it. Yeah, trying to address it now. <laughs> yeah, trying trying to Sorry. address it now. But by the I way, just... they thought they did. I, I, I what I understand yeah. is there are a lot of people. On this coaching staff, not coaching staff, I should say, some on the coaching staff, there were a lot of scouts that had big, that had a lot of belief in Garibay. Yeah, they thought they had true. gotten a guy. That's true. And he just didn't perform. He didn't perform up to what the expectation was for him. So they thought they'd addressed That's it. Being he's not it just, done. It just wasn't. He's not done. Want. He'll he'll get a. He had enough work in the in the in the uh, in college football and enough highlights that he will probably get another try. Yeah. Let's just see. It didn't work out. Let's get another tryout. It, it, see. Just looking and at you know, just looking at what Garibay went through in, in camp. It was just a case of the young yips. Yep. Like he he caught the yips and he just could not break free of that. And you know, but I, he's young enough. He has enough film. Um, you know, the other thirty one don't necessarily have footage of of these yeah. Oxnard practices. So he'll get another shot and hopefully I, he'll bounce back. But from a Cowboys perspective, uh, they had an opportunity to use one of their many draft picks on a kicker. They did not. They were Hound Garibay. It didn't work out, um, you know, and, and here comes Mara, which is more so the Thanos line. You couldn't live with your failures, and what did that bring you? Right back to me. So, but, again, Lirum, he's been performing well as of late in camp. Uh, I still think he has the edge, but we'll see if, if Mara at least gets the chance to try to knock him off here. All right, real quick, before we end the show, I do need to get uh, an update from you guys on the quarterback position. Nick, you mentioned – kind of briefly as an aside, that Will Greer might have actually gotten better or moved up the depth chart by not playing. My suspicion is that you're saying you didn't, you weren't really impressed with either well, of the other two quarterbacks. But tell me what you thought of the, the quarterbacks and how they played in Denver. Well, you know, Patrick's singing so many songs and, and verses. There's there's a country song that, that I – Missed me already. Okay, Bars. Well, and I'm just telling you. Bars. There's, a, there's one out there of uh, you say it best when you say nothing at all. <laughs> And Will Greer said it best about just not doing anything. I mean, just because he got the Garth be- Brooks? No. Oh, no. Keith Whitley. Allison Krauss. Who? Uh, anyway, stop. <laughs> stop. I'm sorry. They're not with us, so don't, oh, don't, okay. don't sorry. say that. Um, but anyways, I, I think that I think Cooper Rush had a chance to elevate it. It really didn't. But go back to what, what McCarthy said. It's not about who who's out there, but who you're playing with. Mm. And I think 
Cooper Rush looked very uncomfortable because the pocket was in his face a lot of the times. But uh, I'm anxious to see what Greer does this week if he comes back. From my standpoint, it, it, there's validity in saying, look who Cooper Rush was playing with. There's also equal validity in saying, you're the backup quarterback. You practice with the backups more often than not. You should have a better chemistry with these guys. One thing that stuck out to me was, and we talked about this in the press box often, I felt like he was rushing, Cooper Rush was, you know, uh, forcing the ball to Jalen Tolbert. I don't know if that was by design or if that was just Rush trying to develop some type of chemistry. He said no. I asked him specifically okay. your question. Uh, when I talked to him, he said it was just the way the play went. Okay. Yeah. Tolbert. But it did look that way. Five yeah. attempts yeah. in the first quarter, yeah. one of which turned into an interception. I would have liked Cooper Rush to spread the ball around more. Jalen Tolbert, we know he's going to be tasked with getting reps. He's a, a, a top draft pick for the most part. You saw Dennis Houston flash. We've seen Dennis Houston flashing, flashing all camp. Would have liked to see more from him. One target from Rush to Semi Fajoko. One target from Ben DiNucci to Semi Fajoko. To Fajoko's credit, what does he do? Two uh, catches and a touchdown. Hint, hint, hint. Spread the ball around. Let's try to see more of these young receivers because the Cowboys coaching staff needs to see this as well. We know they're going to depend on Tolbert. We know. I also am of the belief that Tobert is going to bounce back from a poor game that he had in Denver, and he's going to show that he has the ability to be an impact receiver. But one of Rush's biggest struggles was, was not simply that the pocket was collapsed, because we praised Tyler Smith for the most part. Tyler Smith was creating lanes. He was pancaking guys, right? The Addis, you know, didn't look necessarily bad. Farniak came in. He looked good for the most part. So the pocket wasn't fully collapsed the entirety of Cooper Rush's time on the field. Rush had time, and when he had time, he still beelined to Jalen Tolbert. That helped kind of derail what might have been an otherwise positive outing for him. When you leave a game, and, and no discredit to Ben DiNucci, but the quarterback battle behind Dak Prescott is Greer versus Rush. It's not Greer versus Rush versus DiNucci. That, uh, the consensus is that's not it. It's Greer versus Rush. Greer wasn't there. Rush, this, is, this was your opportunity to really show, hey, you know what? My direct competitor's not here. I'm going to go out here, and I'm going to make some things happen. Instead, you get outplayed by Ben DiNucci. Greer versus Rush versus whoever else gets cut. Because, I, I mean, they, they did it last year. They've done it two years in a row, actually, brought guys in in the middle of – at the start of the season. That, that doesn't mean they'll be the backup immediately. they got to right. learn the system. Mm. But – They'll, they'll be looking at quarterback just like they're looking at any other position. That's fair. I just Josh Johnson. you got to see Greer out there, <laughs> and, and hopefully Greer. Guy, he's been everywhere. Josh right. Johnson, yeah, he's, he's here for a, for a game, right? I feel like yeah. He I, one of the when yeah. I was talking to one of the one of the staff members, yeah, and they were like, yeah, we brought him in literally for the last preseason game one year, and we were just like, he was trying to learn the playbook in the locker room, and we were kind of like. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, don't, we don't really know what to tell you. Yeah. Just get through the game, man. Good yeah. luck. And and that's kind of what he had to do. And that's yeah. been his career, though. Yeah. yeah, but but you saw what he did. He spread the ball around. Yeah, he did. He, he did a good he, job. He moved the ball around. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We, we appreciate you guys joining us, joining us throughout camp this year. It's been a really good camp. We appreciate all you guys and all you do. Again, I hadn't mentioned it again since it happened earlier in camp, but now you guys can also get our podcast on Spotify. So if you haven't checked it out there, if Spotify is the location where you – consolidate all your podcasts know that all the dallas cowboys podcasts are now there and available to you we're pretty much everywhere uh, and there aren't really many sites that have podcasts where you can't find our podcast and certainly can't find the break so make sure you check us out on whatever platform suits you and uh we'll be back uh with you guys in a, in a few i'm sorry in a week uh, we'll be back uh, on monday we'll be back at the star in frisco till then for nick eatman and patrick walker i'm Derek eagleton this has been the break live on dallascowboys.com radio
This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!